think I have a burp coming, but nope. I'll fight through it. Okay. Push it out. Okay. It's because you have the rum and milk mix. <laughs> Seriously, dude. <laughs> Hang on a second. I, I, I think I'm going to shit my pants real fast. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I texted my wife in the other room to say, hey, uh, one of the guys here is drinking uh, rum with raw milk here. Uh, and she wrote, raw milk, dude, is so West Coast. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And joining us again this week, we're so excited to have him back, Eric Deutsch. Hello. Yes. From the Flash Gordon Minute and the Escape from New York Minute. And Jeff and I actually guested on Escape from New York Minute a long time ago. Yes. We did. We got to talk about the Duke. The Duke! That's the Duke. I know the sound of his engines. Don't cross the Duke. Everybody knows that. That was fun. That was good times. And the chandeliers. Oh. Yeah. Eric. One of the greatest cars in in movie history. Yes. What, what an entrance, too. I can't wait till Eric covers uh, Escape from L.A. because I am ready to talk about that movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we record this, um, I can't make an announcement. Nah, okay. 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 I'm not we'll doing go. Escape from L.A. Minute. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I never would. That's the announcement. That's the announcement. I love there it. Go. Uh, I no. never, and I never would, but something else might occur in Predators. Okay, you, you now, can tell us off the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, John, you bought a car recently. Have Jeff. you purchased the accompanying <laughs> chandeliers for your car? <laughs> That's the next step. I, I have not, but we have like the next best thing, which is a rooftop tent, which attaches to your roof rack and extends out, pops up into a tent that your whole family can sleep in, as opposed to sleeping on the measly old ground, Jeff. What? Well, Yes. That's pretty cool, but you need to get a chandelier inside of it, and then you'll be done. Yeah, I think putting the chandelier would be the finishing touch. And Sarah, I think, would be all for putting some kind of awesome light decoration inside. Eric, have you ever seen the rooftop tent? I've never even heard of it. Oh, they're really cool. Yeah. So it goes on top of your car? It goes yeah. on top of the car. I'll have to send you a picture over the uh, the old messenger. But yeah, we've done it a few times now. Back in July, when we were doing tons of camping, that's that was the 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 mo, the modus operandi was to pull up. You just unfold it in a matter of minutes. Put the little poles in that hold up the windows and the rain fly, and you are good to go. It has a little cushion inside, a lot of space, and it just folds back up into like this neat little container on top of the car. I have yeah. so many questions right now. I'd, I'd, yeah. I, would, I, I could derail your entire this entire episode with the questions I have. So another buddy of mine got a rooftop tent for his uh, Honda uh, Element. Um, just uh, Google Eric if you want to see pictures. You can Google like um, a common brand is um, Roof Nest. Um, roof Nest. Yeah, Roof Nest is one, um, but they're all kind of the same. They like fold up, fold down, basically into like a hard top container. And you just crank them up and crank them down, and there's like a little ladder, and you yeah. can climb up there, and just there you go. It sleeps like two people pretty comfortably, or two people and a small child. Yeah, we've done two people and a two children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You squeeze on. It's kind of cozy, but um, 
yeah, it's it's really neat how it just all is such a nice little compact system. It all just unfolds out, folds back in, and the ladder supports the other half, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, uh, of the load of the tent when it's open. So welcome, everybody, to Rooftop Tent Minutes. I'm minute. your host. <laughs> uh, John, what minute are we actually covering this week? Hey, thanks, co-host, for redirecting. We're talking Minute 93. We're going to go off directing now. Uh, so Minute 93, you could call the John Hall of Famer Randall of Minutes, the Dwight Freeney of Minutes, uh, as well as the first of three consecutive semi-primes. Do you know what a semi-prime is, Jeff? Oh, boy. Put me on the spot. Um, You're doing I, right, mathematician. I know. I think... Oh, shit. I'm going to... I think a semi-prime is a number that's the product of two primes. You're correct. Like oh, 91. Oh. Thank God. Boom, boom, boom. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Didn't embarrass myself. Uh, 93 is the product of two primes, huh? And it's also part of three consecutive semi-primes? You That's nailed it. Cool. All right. Nice. Yeah. So uh, well, welcome I, to 93. So what, what do you notice in the list of 93s? I, I feel like we ramped up a little bit from last minute. Yeah. You uh, listed So you listed a few things here. You got some music, some games, and some movies, which is pretty mm-hmm. great. Uh, in, the, in the music list, I couldn't help to notice uh, the song, <laughs> the, that one song by Four Non Blondes was on there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, hey, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wake up in the morning and I step outside. And I take a deep breath. <laughs> yep, that one. <laughs> What's going on? That is a great campfire song. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sarah but... will play the guitar and we'll all sing the song. It's so great. Wow. Great. Yeah. Very nice, yeah. Uh, but it's another year where a movie was directly tied to a hit song, the mm. uh, UB40, or what did I say it was? UB40, or it doesn't even matter. It's UB40. It's UB40, covered uh, the Elvis, although who knows if it's Elvis' original song, but the I Can't Help Falling in Love With You track that was patched, was which was matched up with uh, the movie Sliver. Oh, yeah. wait, we've talked about Sliver before. I don't know why we, t- why did we talk about Sliver before? <laughs> we did, I know we did. We did, <laughs> we did, we did. Was we it- were- <laughs> I can't remember why, I cannot remember why, but we talked at length about Sliver, like <laughs> many, many episodes ago. Right. <laughs> and I even like when I when I boosted it on on Twitter, I was like, this episode is slightly better than the nineteen ninety-three erotic thriller Sliver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's well, one of the Baldwins is William Baldwin and then Sharon Stone who had previous year been in basic instinct. Right. So but she was I on the top of her game. Ayo. Ayo. But I remember um Specifically, the the music video for this having footage from Sliver intercut uh, with the band singing against I don't know a white background. It was, it was, it was so. Very, if you watch it now, it's very puzzling. <laughs> that this phenomenon was so prolific in the '90s. I'm realizing as we do these episodes, Eric, do you can you think of any movie music MTV tie-ins like that? Oh crap! Um... No, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, I just... <laughs> Just having oh, a conversation. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if there's one we forgot, but like this happened all the time in the 90s. Yeah. It was like the height of MTV, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. The height of MPV. Uh, it's like the blockbusters in full swing. And speaking of blockbusters, talking about movies, mm. we're talking about one of the biggest movies ever to come around and change the game. That's right. I'm talking about Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, no, 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 no. That was, that was bad. I was about to, I was about to interrupt you and say cliffhanger, right? Cliffhanger. <laughs> Wayne's World Two. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about, of course, Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, right, uh, one of uh, the biggest game changers. Talking about special effects married with practical effects in a movie. Um, as well as Spielberg being at the top of his visual storytelling game and John Williams at the top of his mm-hmm. uh, score composing game. I feel like it's everybody a- remembers when they first saw Jurassic Park. Do you guys remember the very first time? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I saw it in the theaters uh, like everybody else. Um, I'm, I knew, you know, I mean, I, I was a typical boy. I loved dinosaurs growing up. So yeah. uh, I was definitely very excited for the movie, and I remember it, it lived up to my expectations. I definitely did not walk out and say, "Well, yeah, you know, I don't know." I was expecting more. It, it it certainly hit all the points, and I absolutely loved it. I can I can brag that I I did actually read the book before I saw the movie. What I know, I read mm. the book in like seventh grade, I think. Um, cause this movie came out in 90. Th- yeah. So that checks out. So, um, yeah, I read the book and when I heard a movie was coming, I got super, super excited cause I love the book and mm. I went and did the whole experience. Like we went in the first week that it was open. We stood in line in true, like true, true blockbuster fashion. You know, you couldn't buy tickets online. You had to like wait in a massive line at the theater and mm-hmm. hope that you got a ticket, you know? And all four of us in my family went and we waited in that big fucking line and we got our ticket and sat in a sold out packed crowded theater. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not very often that a movie that gets that much hype, like lives up to the expectations and Mm -hmm. Jurassic park is one that just blew them out of the water. Right. Like, you know, you can still watch it today almost 30 years later and it still oh, holds up as just a fantastic yes. film. It is oh it is still still so so good. I think it was the first movie I saw multiple times mm. in the theater. I remember seeing at least two times, maybe three times, which was like when you're a kid like you you don't have that kind of like adult like <laughs> freedom, right? right? Like to see a movie multiple times if even at all in the theater. I I remember being just so blown away and just loving every minute of it. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Almost as good as another movie that came out in 1993. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Army of stuff. Darkness. Right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> Army of Darkness. The greatest another, movie that came out in 1993. <laughs> another sequel. Another sequel. Another sequel. My, my Flash Gordon Minute co-host, Brad, co-hosted Army of Darkness Minute. Oh, there you go. I should check that one out. That's one of my faves. Yeah. it's. Uh, have you ever seen Army of Darkness, uh, John? Uh, I've just seen bits and pieces. I, okay. I, it's, it's on the list because yeah. those Sam Raimi early movies just 
yeah, or just something that, to behold. That's one I think you would enjoy. Like, um, you know, because Evil Dead 2 is also a horror comedy, but there's a lot of, of actual horror in it. Right. Uh, Army of Darkness is really a comedy. Like, mm-hmm. it's very much a comedy. And, uh, and it's funny and very tongue-in-cheek and campy uh, in the best way. So, um, yeah, you might actually really enjoy Army of Darkness. Uh, I would say... 1993 gave us a couple part threes. Um, mm. There's one specifically that uh, was like one of the bigger letdowns for me, and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. I remember oh. being so let down when seeing that in the theaters. Like it was, oh, it was just traumatic. I, I still will bring that up with <laughs> brother of the show, former co-host Aaron. We'll just kind of like, uh, like try to shake it out of our heads because it was just such a huge disappointment. The turtles go back in time into samurai times Ugh, and it's, the so movie bad. is so bad. It's so boring. I just remember being so let down, but Hey, that summer, you know, bounces out with Jurassic park, uh, last action hero, by the way, another mm. movie directed by John McTiernan and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I uh, gave it's groundhog day. Yeah. Uh, I know some, I know some people like Sandlot. Um, yeah. Super Mario Bros. Maybe goes the other way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Men, in, Men in Tights, though, it's like the right way to go with a, a parody. One of the greatest lines by Dave Chappelle in any role that he ever had. Dave Chappelle was in Robin Hood Men in Tights, and they they come up to a creek, and they have to, and they have to cross this creek, <laughs> and everyone in the group is like afraid to cross it, and Dave Chappelle walks up and. He just jumps over it and he goes, come on, guys. It ain't exactly the Mississippi. First, <laughs> first you're on one side, then you're on the other. He just jumps back and forth. And like in, tr- in true Dave Chappelle fashion, like he takes a simple line reading and makes it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I love him in that movie. Oh, excuse me. Hey, look, man, you don't have to do this. Look, this ain't exactly the Mississippi. I'm on one side, I'm on the other side. I'm on the east bank, I'm on the west bank. <laughs> it is not that critical. One, one of my, one of my, uh, probably my favorite line from that movie is when they're doing the training montage and they're about to, they're about to charge the dummies. <laughs> and the guy's like, wait for it. <laughs> In my mind, it was just such a perfect like just absurd moment like wait for what like you're just charging a bunch of dummies <laughs> there's, there's no like there's no like letting down of the guard or anything that's about to happen it's it's done it's ready to go um, oh that's great well we uh, need to move on soon but uh i have to mention that you put on your list here jason goes to hell uh, one of the strangest entries in the Friday the 13th franchise. That's that's mm. otherwise known as Jason number nine. Um, it's a really weird one because it's, it's one where like Jason really isn't in the movie. It's like his spirit travels from person to person and infects them and turns them into a killer. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I had to mention is that he, one. Is he ever on fire in that movie? Yeah. He's okay. on fire. And in the first five minutes, they set fire to him and blow him up. He's on fire. Yeah, he's on fire. Is Aaron yeah. Gray in that one? Ooh. Am I remembering uh, that wrong? I saw that movie once, like, you know, 20 years ago, and I have this memory of Aaron Gray being, like, his sister or something like that. Or am I Aaron, mixing something up? 
Aaron Gray. And that you know Jeff is frantically typing this in. Yep. I am. Jason goes to hell. It's the final Friday. Yeah. Aaron Gray is certainly uh, not the final one. Four, five, six. (laughs) Like seventh build. She's after Kane Hodder, who must be playing the titular Jason. Yes, yeah. Uh, fun fact, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, was not did not have Friday the 13th in the title because Paramount Pictures still owned the rights to that name. Mm. And the final Friday was, and uh, yeah, Jason Goes to Hell was actually produced by a different company. Uh, mm. Yeah, so they couldn't use the name. But, but, but we they were, know who that was about. Yeah, but they were somehow allowed to use the likeness and the name Jason. I don't know how it all worked out. Huh. Yeah. Anyhow... Anyhow, are we talking Predator? We are. We are. Oh, and by the way, NBA Jam came out in arcades that year. That's why I mentioned he's on fire. Hell there yeah, it did. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's heating up. So speaking of heating up, minute 93 of Predator <laughs> opens with Dutch looking at some Predator blood, and it ends with some Predator blood dripping on the rocks behind hmm, a thinking Dutch. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're going to break this minute into two parts. The first part is a whopping 50 seconds of a the minute. It's a whopper. We carry over from last minute. We have a muddy Dutch, and he has spied some Predator blood, the secret of the ooze on some nearby rocks and begins walking down a small ravine as he tracks that neon green blood. Dutch says, bleed bastard. After walking a few paces towards the camera while tracking the blood, Dutch stops to peer into a closed in section of the ravine. There are more blood drops in the closed in section. Dutch proceeds spear in hand into this closed section, squinting and walking on his hands and knees. He pauses End of minute, or excuse me, end of first section. Hmm. Hmm. So a lot of tracking shots here, or the kind of handheld camera shots, just following Dutch as he moves along. Um, more kind of cool, sort of hunter, uh, kind of hunter shots here of, of our buddy Dutch. Mm-hmm. Our buddy, the muddy Dutch. So buddy, Eric, Dutch. Eric, what stands out to you here in this first gigantic part? Um. The thing that's out to me is that in these two minutes that I uh, came back for, I, I'd have no chance to uh, work on add any more drops for you guys after my <laughs> triumphant debut of my Arnold impression because he doesn't talk at all. That kind of sucks. You, you could say bleed bastard. He you know what's funny that. is I watched this clip three times to prepare for this and I never even noticed he said bleed bastard. Bleed bastard. Yeah, I, I, I swear I thought that this was a completely dialogueless minute. It's very close, but we have two lines here. This is, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that, Eric, because I think a long time ago uh, we had talked about which has more dialogue-free minutes, this or Escape from New York. And mm. I haven't done the official count yet, but of the last, what is it, up till 78 till 92. So that's 15 minutes, 14 of those 15 previous minutes have been dialogue wow no that you you pull us out of the war because i think we ended up there were only like maybe three or four actual self-contained minutes that had no dialogue Mm. when we i remember keeping track of that um track like (laughs) like there might have been if you want if you just did it as you know 
not doing it, you know, one minute at a time, there might be like, you know, the end, the, the last 30 seconds of one minute to the first 30 seconds of the next minute. Right. right. Um, you know, but, uh, we only had a few actual complete contained minutes where there was no dialogue. Mm-hmm. So you guys uh, totally beat us there. Well, I think that really tells to like the visual nature of this film. Cause when I think of escape from New York, I do not think of a dialogue heavy movie. And like, this is like, <laughs> really not a dialogue heavy movie especially in this third act where it's just arnold yeah stumbling around trying to avoid death which is really amazing that this movie is so well known for some of its lines i mean there are Mm -hmm. so many classic lines from this movie and yet you're right there's a lot of non-talking in this movie yeah they really did a good job of of making every word of every dialogue kind of count right Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, maybe that is what makes Arnold's, um, well, his line delivery is just classic, but it, it probably is what makes these, these lines stand out is there's not a lot of other lines to, uh, you know, cloud it up. So they really kind of stand out when he talks, when you, when he says these classic lines. Yeah. And I like his line here because it gives us a rare glimpse into Dutch as kind of a, you know, having some human connection, I would argue, like, thinking to his fallen comrades and like how bad he wants the predator here to die. He is just right. He's clearly in it to kill the predator here. And he wants this predator to bleed, bleed bastard, bleed bastard. Bleed bastard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a rare little moment of, uh, yeah, some inner thoughts, inner um, monologue he might be having. This is once again some cool kind of guerrilla camera work here. Um, all most of the shots are handheld. You can tell uh, in the beginning we're following Dutch from behind, um, and then and then we kind of get a POV shot and we see all the green blood, and then once again we get that really cool camera work where it's handheld, but we're facing Dutch and moving backwards with him as he walks forward through this little kind of ravine or path that he's on. And I just love the way he's sort of crouched, but sort of leaning into and almost over the camera, very imposing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really effective way to kind of show the the stress and the, uh, the intensity of the moment. And the song playing, the song playing really helps too. This is a really cool song. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a little mixture. We heard this song, this na 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 na. We heard this when really anytime Dylan talked about the predator, Dylan, not, Dylan, Dylan. Thank you. And not knowing like what they're up against, we heard that all throughout the movie, and then we heard it a great deal when Dylan was disarmed. The track was called Dylan is Disarmed. Uh, <laughs> mixed with some good pounding horns, those brum, 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 to really ramp up that tension as uh, Dutch is on the track, or, yeah, on the track, um, track. track. Trying, to, trying to find the predator. It's like, he, yes, he's hunting, yes, the predator's bleeding, but um, the music's telling us, like, this is far from over. So now... Our boy Dutch finds this little, like, cavern. Would you guys walk into this little cavern like he does? <laughs> I'm, so no. gl- I'm so glad you mentioned that because last minute I made the point that I thought the Predator made an amateur mistake and revealed his position too easily. Mm-hmm. And I think here Arnold's doing the same exact thing. It's like, Really? You're going into this cave? <laughs> Are you uh, kidding me, dude? The, the, the Predator's got to be in there waiting for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, you're, you're lucky if the predator is just like waiting up ahead. It'd be terrible if like, you know, they caught you from behind, like in some kind of pincher movement. <laughs> <That'd be> terrible. <laughs> but uh, something I, I wanted to ask before we move on here is as he is walking towards the camera, let's say second 13 to 14, he's walking towards the camera and you can see fire in the background. I don't take that fire to be the torch he threw a few minutes ago from the mm. log. I, I'm, I guess in the continuity of this movie, I'm thinking that fires from the predator firing his laser at Dutch when he kind of gopher popped his head up behind the rocks. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's hard to know. The geography here gets a little convoluted since we're at night and uh, or it's just kind of dusky and dark out still. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really hard to know. I, it, it feels like in terms of like movie magic that they kind of set that back there to give the ambient light, you know, around the shot. But yeah, I, I think you're right, John. I think that's probably the most recent uh, explosion and a fire that has been caused by it from, from the Predator's attacks. Okay. Attack. So, Attack. You're, yeah. Eric, what about you? Do you think this is uh, from the laser blast just a minute ago, or is that supposed to be where he threw the big torch off the log? I think it might, I think it's the torch, because it seemed to me that the laser blast, it just kind of just created sparks, right? I mean... The, Mm-hmm. We didn't see any mm-hmm. fire in the last minute, right? That's a good right? point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe yeah, that I, is maybe that is the big bonfire going on. That's the only continued fire we've seen from a lot of things. Like when he threw the spear, when he fired the explosive bow and arrow, when the predator fired all those lasers in the trees. It's like it's there's there's no like continued fire. So it's it's interesting if that's supposed to be it. Um, and this last act is really really like confined to a small area uh, i'm tempted to draw this out sometime and then it comes try to like map out where all this is supposed to be um because hopefully you know according to dutch's plan he will maybe lure the predator back to that trap he made uh staking care of business quite a bit ago mm. i like uh as dutch uh starts to crawl into this cave like a crazy person yes that um his body kind of blends into the rocks and we just sort of have his white eyes, mm. like sort of floating in to this cavern. Um, and then, yeah, and then the rest of his body kind of comes into the light a little bit. But I think that's a pretty cool shot. Yeah. And we start to see a lot more Predator Secret of the used blood in here. And, uh, and, the sh- and the shot ends with that ominous drip of blood right behind his head as we rack focus onto it. What do you guys think that drip of blood is, is indicating to us? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I just love the way it's revealed. It's just such a. You, you mentioned the rack focus. It's a great rack focus, and yeah, it's, it's great watching that blood drip. It's just such a great movie moment. It it is great, and also the uh, the the music cues right to Jeff's favorite part, which is the drums. Please, the as soon as that blood starts to dribble in the background. Did we mention what the, the blood is made of? Have we mentioned that in a while? Uh, like the actual uh, movie magic substance? Yes. Have we mentioned I, that? It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a long time since we mentioned that. Yeah. You should uh, remind our listeners, how did they make that uh, secret of the ooze blood? The secret of the ooze in this movie was made on set using a mixture of the liquid from inside glow sticks and KY jelly. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Someone's job in this movie is to dribble K- glowing KY jelly behind Arnold and onto rocks. Uh, Someone's job was to go either into an adult shop or order from an adult catalog because there was no internet. Tubs upon tubs of KY jelly. I I think the story was in Mexico, they had a production assistant just go to the market to buy specifically the glow sticks. And they found there was no orange glow sticks. It's Mm. either that story, excuse me, or it's the story of trying to keep the color palette in this movie, mainly green and red. I don't know what would look more otherworldly. I think orange would just be kind of like, maybe a little bit too goofy. I think there's something about the green that's still organic and like has a basis in some kind of life form. I don't know about you guys, but my KY jelly tends to glow blue. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to have that checked out. It's, it's it's more like a light. It's more like a lightsaber situation in my bed. Oh, like in that John Ritter movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah find a transition there john (laughs) yeah uh, speaking of john ritter no um i i really enjoy the face that dutch makes when he pauses um yeah he makes his way into the ravine and then he does have another pause moment. He paused before he goes in the ravine. And once he's paused here, before it rack focuses, he's looking all around. He's mm. kind of looking down, looking to the side. And you can tell he's just thinking. He's thinking, thinking, thinking. I had to think that he's partially thinking, I'm sure the Predator knows what he's doing with these blood drops now. I'm sure the Predator has some kind of little trap he's trying to set me up with. And also the anchor man. I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I immediately regret this decision. One of the great, uh, one of the great Will Ferrell lines of all time. Yeah, um, yeah this is a immediately regret this decision uh, moment yes. here, and uh, uh, you know, punctuated by that rack focus onto the the dripping blood behind him that I'm sure we'll uh, learn more about next minute. Yeah, it's very uh, very Jurassic Park appropriately for. 93 and that Muldoon is uh, tricked by the Raptors in that movie where he sees one, he's taking aim on one and that whole thing where the Raptor was out in the distance for him to aim at was a ruse for the other Raptor to come attack him from the side where he says, clever girl. And then clever girl. Yeah. Taken from us too Mm. soon. All right. So the showdown continues. We're really ramping up here. The, as we mentioned last minute, the cat and mouse keeps on going. You know, Dutch got a piece of the Predator last time, uh, as we see with the blood. And I have a feeling that the Predator is going to uh, counterattack here as he is stuck in this ravine. Mm, that's a good prediction. Yeah. Um, all right. So do we have anything else for this last 10-second uh, section of the minute? I had, I had one thing from the first section that I, I wanted to mention the, you talked sure. about the uh, the cool shot where we just see his eyes basically after he comes into the cave, and there are two references that that immediately immediately made me think of. 
One. I wonder if I know one, one of them. them. I'm saving the best of last for the two. The first, the first yeah. one is from an X Files episode, um, where hmm. they go to Florida, and it turns out descendants of Ponce de Leon are still alive hundreds of years later and learn to like camouflage in the jungle. And at one point, they show like <laughs> the ground; these eyes open up in the mud of one of the camouflage people living in the mud. It's a really cool effect. But the one that is much more exciting to me, though, is when I was a kid, my dad took me to see First Blood Part 2 in the movie theater. Yes. And there is a scene where one of the bad guys is walking by and all of a sudden Sylvester Stallone's eyes open up inside like a mountain covered in mud. And he just emerges from the mud and kills the guy. And I don't know what you like, Kamel, let's say it was maybe eight or nine, like nine-year-old me that was like the most awesome thing i'd ever seen in a movie theater in my entire life (laughs) i'm pretty sure that came out before this and jeff and i talked about that maybe being uh an inspiration did you say first blood part two first blood part two okay yeah that is 85 and so i i I think i think that is a direct inspiration to uh the script and to uh, his appearance too, but I the reference I was thinking of, besides it just kind of like mirroring the team seeing the predator for the first time and seeing the glowing eyes versus like the camouflaged body, was uh, True Lies, where Arnold is like watching Jamie Lee Curtis and like he's all in shadow except for his eyes. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he's nice. like do it, do it slowly, <laughs> slowly. <laughs> That's the, that's the awkward part. You don't watch with your family. Right? <laughs> yeah, and yet, and yet, Sarah and I did watch that with my family. <laughs> she says that's so awkward. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Uh, John, you can cut this out. I think I'm realizing I forgot to uh, do the description for the second part of the minute. Oh no! I think you just kind of naturally. Took I just, that in. I just okay. All right, if you're fine yeah. with that, then that works. Okay. I am fine with that because I don't right, want to go right. back and edit that in. Right. Okay. <laughs> you can just cut. You can just cut this part out. All right. Sure. And, and this part. Yeah. And this part too. And this part. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> this part. Oh jeez. Oh, so good. Uh, I, I'll 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 go back to the script. It's been a while since I talked about the script. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> and we have hit upon that one so many times, but it has it's been a while. Uh, in the script where we're talking about a much different movie in the third act, uh, Dutch at this point is moving his, making his way through a similar narrow passageway into a larger cavern. But as he's doing so, like trying to be really quiet, still covered in mud, he's knocking over logs that spill termites all over him. At one point, mm-hmm. he awakens a whole colony of bats that are flying around him and <laughs> bringing the predator to uh, the same cave setting. It's, it's pretty Nordberg-esque kind of escapade <laughs> that's just going through in this script. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, I don't need to say too much about the difference here in the movie, but I think it's much better just making it Dutch versus the Predator. It just streamlines things. It makes it, like Jeff, you are saying a couple minutes ago, it makes you yeah. really focus on this and not on like any other external uh, diversions where you're not feeling as threatened by the Predator. Yeah, that's funny. I just uh, every minute now that we we discuss, I'm waiting to hear like what natural element of the jungle is going to attack Dutch next. Like, 
yeah this, this time or at least in the original script like this time it was bats uh, okay <laughs> last <laughs> See, time we, it was a jaguar yeah, jaguar last time before that they were falling into some vines you know <laughs> poison ivy rash right <laughs> who needs the predator when you got you know montezuma's revenge or whatever oh no <laughs> which of course famously a lot of the cast and crew had from oh, this yeah. shoot on the shoot it was it was a very active case of montezuma's revenge <laughs> <laughs> causing avengement among everybody who was there in Mexico. Side note, I had a friend that uh, went and worked in Guatemala and Central America um, as part of the Peace Corps for Mm -hmm. quite a long time. And she said it was just a running joke. Like anybody knew that came to join the group. It was just a countdown to find out how long it would take them before they shit their pants. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it happened to everybody at some point. But it's just a thing you had to get through. <laughs> did you ever visit them? I did not, but I did visit Honduras. Right. And, and I did shit my pants. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the rumors are true. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <laughs> Eric, Eric, have you ever been to Central or South America? Uh, no, actually, I have not. Okay. Hmm. Well, lucky you. Yes, you I, clearly. Answered clean. Clearly. <laughs> Which one of you? I know one of you uh, earlier in the in your in the season told that hysterical story uh, where you embarrassed your wife about the the barfing on the bus. That was uh, yeah. Oh, that, that was that was, that was a hysterical yeah, yeah. story. I loved that story. <laughs> she was really she was really excited that I told that. Story. I bet she was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we all have good embarrassing travel stories, but yeah, yeah. We'll leave it with Jeff being the most embarrassed for now. Thank you, Jeff. I'll I'll proudly hold that crown. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did we do it, gentlemen? I think we did it. Unless, Eric, you have anything else for minute 93? No. Okay. So, well, now's the part of the show where we recommend things to our listeners. And I say things with a broad (laughs) stroke of the brush, so it could be a lot of different things. So, uh, Eric, you being our esteemed guest, why don't you recommend something first? Uh, Okay, I will recommend another podcast. There you go. Yeah, it's called Ear Hustle, and it's very interesting. It's it's hosted by a uh, someone who's who's in prison, and a, a woman who is some kind of activist. And they take you what life is like inside prison. And so each episode is a different aspect of prison life. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it, it's, it's very, very interesting. They cover, I've, I've been listening to it uh, a bunch. Uh, and they cover all different aspects of it. Um, you know, the food and, and gangs and conjugal visits, and, oh. you know, death row. And it's very, very interesting. And uh, it's called Ear Hustle because in prison, uh, the lingo is when you kind of you know gossip or, or eavesdrop on something that's called ear hustle. Mm, nice. Okay. Man, I have to add that to the list. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Eric. Ear hustle. Hmm. Okay. What what drew you to ear hustle, Eric? I have to ask. I I saw. I just I happened to see an article about it on a, some website last year, and I'm always you know looking out for new and interesting podcasts to listen to. Especially yeah. since usually I just listen to stuff about movies and TV, so you know, try to 
listen to something that's a little more you know intellectual sometimes right uh and so it's, it seems interesting i gave it a shot and i, I really liked it uh, so I, i've stuck with it cool they're working that ear hustle i like it all right so uh, how about you jeff what do you have to recommend to the listeners I'm going to get a little meta in my recommends. Uh, I'm also going to recommend a podcast, but I'm going to recommend a specific episode of a specific podcast. Mm. Um, several, a couple episodes ago, we had on the awesome dudes from the Comics in Motion podcast. Yes. Who also have a, a side podcast called VHS Strikes Back. Yes. Which began as a podcast where they would discuss uh, and talk about kind of famous and mainstream movies from their childhood, but quickly devolved into them choosing the worst movies they could possibly find to make each other watch, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a great concept. Um, And they just released, like just a day or two ago, they released an episode on one of my favorite, most favorite bad movies of all time, which is Samurai Cop. Mm -hmm. So this is a double recommend. If you have never seen Samurai Cop, please, Go watch Samurai Cop. <laughs> then you should listen to Dave and Chris's episode uh, where they discuss Samurai Cop. Um, Samurai Cop is one of the best bad movies you'll ever see, and uh, their um, podcast on it is equally hilarious. So it is, yeah, yeah. So just uh, check it out. Check out both things. uh, I promise you will not be disappointed. Yeah, that is the VHS Strikes Back podcast. I myself have been listening to their podcast whenever I'm listening to podcasts for the last few days. And yes, the Samurai Cop episode was like, it has to be like up there for me and um, podcast listening in terms (laughs) of episodes. Just like they're they're just like enjoying the movie and ribbing each other so much. And it's like an extra long episode compared to some of their um, normal episodes mm-hmm. it is it is really a delight to listen to and i immediately wanted to watch this movie i haven't watched it yet but I, they say it's on youtube so i'll have to yeah pick that out for all its badness and yeah. its goodness um, you can also find at some point samurai cop was released with a commentary by joe bob briggs oh. which is <laughs> also uh fucking hilarious so if you can find that, uh, watch that too. That you might be able to find it on YouTube, or I know it was on some DVD released back, you know, who knows, twenty years ago. Um, but I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure you can find it. So, wow, that's awesome! Uh, you're listening to a lot of the same stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it's cool that we had those guys on. Uh, I know those Dave guys were really fun. Dave and Chris. From what minute were they on, Jeff? Do you remember? Was it '89? Oh, shit, yeah, it was in the '80s. Hey, by the way, they gave us—they gave us just a random shout out um, on the end of the VHS Strikes Back episode on Highlander One. It was like, oh really? Out of the blue, they're talking about Bane. They're talking about <laughs> yes, and uh, <laughs> right. they brought us up. Uh, they did give you the credit for doing the impersonations, and not. Oh Bane. no, that was you. That was you. Stuck in my craw for a hot second, but not really. It was like, <laughs> they're giving us a random shout out. Yeah, they're on uh, minute eighty nine of Predator Minute, but nice, uh, hilarious guys, uh, and yeah, so nice. That was on uh, the Highlander episode. You said I'll check that out. Yes, the Highlander episode. They've done Highlander one and two, and um, both really 
solid episodes. But on a related note, it's funny because I feel like Samurai Cop has had kind of a renaissance in like a lot of the movie reviews and podcast movie reviews I've listened to and watched lately. Like, uh, how did this get made? Did an episode, I want to say, maybe last year on Samurai Cop. Mm. As well as my recommendation for this week, which is a YouTube channel called What Were You Watching? Uh, where this guy puts a lot of production value into these movie reviews and he's making he's been making videos for quite a few years it looks like he started seven years ago took a little bit of a break came back three years ago and this year uh and last year he's made a few movie reviews not a ton but uh he puts a lot of value or like i said he puts a lot of work into his like his visuals and his props and his editing and he's just a Oh, you know, all around uh, funny guy, great comic timing, great comic editing. I would say a good jumping off point would be um, his video on Masters of the Universe. His video is titled From He-Boy to He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. And not spoiling anything, but the way the video begins is him explaining that during this review, he's going to be wearing this full He-Man costume. <laughs> but he has to blur out every section of it. And he has to explain why he has to blur out every, every section of it. And that's right at the very beginning. So during the whole video, <laughs> his uh, shtick is he has this blurred out He-Man costume for this particular review. And it's, I think it is his longest video and his most, most in-depth video. Um, but I bring up the Samurai Cop tie-in because... Um, what was it? A year ago, he did a buddy cop comparison where he looked at three different buddy cop movies: uh, Theodore Rex, Collision Course with Jay Leno and Pat Morita, wow. and uh, Samurai Cop. And he talked about all three of those in comparison, like in terms of buddy cop movies, how would they rate against each other? Um, and yeah, nice. I, just, I like how our recommends tied together. That's awesome. Yeah, really tied together. Uh, he had all the. 400, he has all of 430 subscribers, so not a ton of subscribers. Right. The amount of work he puts into uh, his videos, but they're quality videos. And brother of the show, former guest Zach, uh, turned me on to his show, and yeah, I've been watching a few of his reviews lately. Nice. What, it's called What Were You Watching? Okay. Yeah. So, like and subscribe. Yeah. Like yeah. and subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Just kidding. Why am I doing this? All this work for YouTubers. <laughs> So, Eric Deutsch, esteemed guest of the show, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute. They're both on all the big podcatchers out there. And you can also go to growlermedia.com. That's where uh, they both live. And if you do start listening and you enjoy it, we, both of them have Facebook listener fan groups that are actually still active every once in a while, even though the shows are both completed. Hmm. Nice. Well, speaking of living in a growler, Jeff, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can. <laughs> so that's that's fantastic. <laughs> you can find me in a growler. I mean, on the Twitter, <laughs> Carl underscore Hungus three one four. Follow me there. My name is Jeff Glover. Find me on the Twitter. My name is Carl. I've been expert. John, where can we find all things Predator Minute? Hey, I'm glad you asked, Jeff. And just because it's been forever since I promoted the community, and now that we have a fellow Movies by Minutes community member here in Eric Deutsch with two of his own Movies by Minute podcasts, 
Uh, Predator Minute is part of a larger community of podcasts where we break down movies by the minute. Obviously, that's our forte. That's our our niche. Niche. Uh, you can find the list, the complete list of movies by minutes podcasts at moviesbyminutes.com. It looks like the latest couple of episodes or the latest couple of podcasts added to uh, the family are Space Jam Minute and Deep Blue Sea, the podcasts. Nice. Yeah. So check those out. Um, it was, uh, it's de facto started or the movies by minutes, the movies by minutes movement was de facto started by, uh, the star Wars minute hosts, Alex Robinson and Pete, the retailer. It's been forever since I listened to star Wars minute. I'll be honest, or <laughs> part in the Facebook group, uh, Alex Robinson and Pete, the retailer basically started the movement. There was one podcast called gutter balls that broke down, elements of the big Lebowski before starting to break down the big Lebowski minute by minute. Mm. But uh, people weren't really following that lead as much as they were following the lead of the people breaking down the star Wars movies one minute at a time. And again, that's movies by minutes.com. Just, they have movies from all different genres, all different series, retrospective type um, shows. Currently it says there are 168 movies by minutes podcasts so I'm giving them their love but you can find of course this podcast predator minute at predator minute on twitter you can email the show predator minute at gmail.com or you can join the facebook group predator minute listeners palapa targets the center of the 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 palapa <laughs> Eric you, want to that. Eric, you want to give that one a try? Target the center of the palapa. Target the center of the palapa. Nice. See, that's good, man. Eric brings it every time. Yeah, you have that magic drop about, you set us up. It's all bullshit. <laughs> oh. You set us up. It's all bullshit. That's and, what and you get it. when you have Eric on the show. So all you other movie by minuteers out there, uh, sign Eric up. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, he's worth the cost and you won't regret it. <laughs> and Eric, just want to say thank you so much for showing up back to back weeks on the Predator Minute. Really appreciate you having uh, or you coming on the show and talking to us. Well, um, more than happy to come on. Uh, always have fun when I'm on your show. Loyal listener, loyal member of the Facebook group. So uh, more, very happy to be on again. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. So for all things Predator Minute 93, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And I am Eric Deutsch. Nice. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. I won't be back. I'll be back.